0: Have you ever noticed that light makes everything better? If you struggle with anxiety, you know that late at night in the darkness, everything just seems worse. But in the light of day, it just looks different. I'm fascinated by the fact that light makes everything just seem more clear. Now, I'm not talking about visually. I'm speaking to your heart. And your mind. I've always been a morning person, so I suppose that probably makes a difference in my perspective of the first light, but I love that first light of the day. Whatever stresses or strains I had the night before, whatever things I was worried about or filled with anxiety about, they always seem to fade away in the light of a new day. And in this COVID 19 time, I think the world could use a bit of light. Light also represents hope and encouragement. In fact, evil is always represented by darkness. But light always represents life. In fact, in the Bible, it talks about God as being light. It's not just that God is a light. It says quite clearly in Scripture that God is light. And in fact, His Son, Jesus Christ, is the light of the world. I love how the Apostle John writes about this in 1 John 1. John starts out by saying, God is light. And if we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness, John says we are liars. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with him. And the blood of Jesus purifies us from all sin. I think most people make the assumption that walking in the light means living without sin. Whereas walking in darkness means living in the midst of sin. But is this a correct way to understand it? Because the very next thing John writes about is that if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So I'm left asking the question, if we walk in the light rather than darkness, what does that actually mean? It obviously does not mean that walking in the light leads to a sinless life. Because if you claim to be without sin, you are a liar, according to John. John says, the truth is not in you. So, what does John mean by this? The Apostle John continues his thoughts in chapter 2, where he says, I write this so that you will not sin. So, his priority in writing the letter is to help us to not sin. However, he then proceeds to tell us about our advocate, Jesus Christ, who is the atoning sacrifice for all of our sins. Jesus brings us forgiveness and grace for when we do sin. Because in reality, we still sin, even after we come to know Jesus Christ and follow him. Now, I suppose that when we come to know Jesus Christ for the first time, we have a great expectation that now that we know him, we will no longer struggle with our sins. But is this reality? I'm afraid not. For those of us who follow Christ, we know better. I wish it were the case that once we follow Christ, we were no longer going to struggle with sin. But this is simply not the way it is. You see, our perfection does not come from within us. In other words, we cannot make ourselves perfect simply by trying to no longer sin. Because one, we are sinners. We cannot stop sinning in our own strength. Two, only the sacrifice of Jesus can cover over our sins. And so John seemingly writes about a dichotomy that seems irreconcilable. He writes this in hopes that we will no longer sin, while at the same time acknowledging that we will continue to sin. And later in chapter 2, John tells us exactly why he wrote his letter. He says, I am writing to you because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. This is it. This is why he is writing his letter. This is really a summation of the entire Christian life. The Christian life is not about being perfect. It's about following Jesus and accepting his forgiveness for our sins. And the closer we walk with Jesus, the less we will desire a sinful life. However, this is not a one-off task. Each day when we rise, we must learn again how to walk with Jesus day by day. For far too many people, I suppose, they either love the sinful life so much that they don't even bother with Jesus, or they are trying to fix their sinfulness in order to come to Jesus in the first place. But I believe that God is far more interested in our pursuit of him than he is in our perfection. God already knows that we are sinful people. He knows that we cannot be perfect on our own. Had there been a way for us to become perfect on our own, he would not have needed to send Jesus into the world. You see, it is really as simple as this. When we are in pursuit of him, it's not that we become perfect, it's that we desire sin less. Or maybe it is not even so much that we desire sin less, as much as it is that our attention is on him and not on our sinfulness. The atoning sacrifice of Jesus makes us appear before God as perfect and righteous, even though we are imperfect people who still sin. And so for me, the question is this. How are we pursuing God in our life each day? Are you chasing after him? Or is he just an afterthought in your life?